Welcome to the We Are Human Leaders podcast. I'm Sally Clark, co-director at Human Leaders, and today we're sharing the second half of Alexis's conversation with Aiden Sharir on understanding our ego to create co-creation in our workplaces. In this episode, Alexis finds out more about how we begin to imbue co-creation into our organizational culture through becoming a truly aligned and egoless leader. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I really encourage you to go back and give it a listen so that you get the most out of this often uncomfortable confrontation with ego and our ego-driven behaviors. And be sure to listen right through to the end of some nuggets of gold. Thanks for joining. Welcome. You know, I want to dive back into the co-creation activator for a minute now, um, Eitan, and I know the third stage of this model looks at what you call the vertical mindset, and I just wanted to hear a little bit more about how this vertical mindset works and what its impact is, and I'm just curious to know, you know, what role leaders can play in cultivating this mindset throughout the organization and their team as well? Certainly. So two questions, I'll answer both of them because two questions in the one. Number one, a vertical mindset, very simply, is um, heightened awareness where uh, the, my purpose in life is in moving forward, in creating, coming from being, number one, and then doing, creating, moving forward. It's about giving. It's about being authentic. It's about simplicity, not complexity. It's about lightness of being. So the more vertical we are, because there are different levels, Okay, the, high, the more we are aware, the more conscious we are. Okay, so if you think about a, a, like a Buddha nature, okay, or a Christ nature, or whatever one wants to call it, that is, that is the ultimate of awareness, right? There's an awareness, enlightenment, okay? Uh, again, we don't want to go too much into this, but it's, it's a full awareness. So a vertical mindset is the ability for us, the rest of the team, to see, to be able to be aware enough to see the ego, to see the obstacles, and to be able to embrace them and move forward and not allow them to, to uh, become the obstacles in our life. How leaders can cultivate that is step number one by being role models of, being what, of what being vertical actually is, especially when things are challenging. You know, when you're on honeymoon, it's wonderful, wonderful. It's easy to be at your best behavior. But when things are tough and challenging, this is where our limbic system gets challenged, as we know. Our amygdala gets triggered. This is where the ego takes over, and this is where people behave very badly. This is where we are very not—we're not very nice to be with. This is where even the one that you love becomes your enemy temporarily. Uh, I think we all know the space, right? So, so it's really the leader's job and role to show up as a vertical human being, and then as a vertical leader to go and show how to show up when things are are, are more challenging and then to help the team members go through a vertical mindset, whether it's a program or thinking or initiative for them to start to see as well. Hmm. So coming back to the ego, it sounds like the first point of call to actually cultivate this vertical mindset is, again, creating that awareness and being able to witness that ego and where it's kind of keeping us maybe blocked in this idea of moving forward, moving vertical, creation, authenticity. Yes. And if I can just add one small thing, because I want to make sure that it's not missed. The biggest antidote to the ego is you coming up with the most vertical purpose for your life possible. When where mm-hmm. your, your purpose, your life purpose is about being, freedom, joy, love, peace, fulfillment, 
and about creating and co-creating with others something better, creating a better world just, you know, for simplicity of language. That when you are doing everything every day to live your purpose and it's a vertical purpose, the ego has no room to live in you. So that is the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. Coming up with what your purpose is in life, something that is beyond ego, and then doing everything, dedicating your life to living your purpose every day. That's powerful. And it sounds to me, though, that almost by being those things in the moment every day, the future kind of takes care of itself. We're not necessarily pre-planning every moment of that future by being the the freedom, the egoless, the joy, being that human being in the moment, we are almost pulled forward into a future where that resembles that purpose, right? Beautiful. Absolutely. Well said. It's, it's, I'm doing everything every day to live my purpose. I have goals. I have dreams. I have aspirations because our mind, prefrontal cortex needs to know what to focus on in order to create. So we need that. We're not forgetting about it, but we are not attached to it. And what happens is every moment as life shows up, we embrace what shows up. I'm not making up life. Life is. As it shows up, we embrace it and do the best that we can with whatever resources we have available to us in every single moment to live our purpose. And and that's it. That's it. Sorry, it's so simple. But that's it. That's life. Yeah, we do we do oversimplify things. And now I want to bring this back to an organizational culture context for leaders. So when we're trying to imbue this mindset of co-creation into an organizational culture, what are perhaps some of the skills or the processes that we need to be using on an ongoing basis to sustain this sort of thing and really embed this vertical mindset into the culture of how we work? So I can just talk from my experience and what I've done with different clients. The first step is uh, for the leaders to go through the co-creation leader. Okay, it's like a program. It's like a whole 12-month program uh, with different segments to it. These are in-class or virtual, depending on where they are, because uh, now we can do everything virtually. Uh, these also a learning management system for the 12 months, so they get together. And then as soon as they started, after they started, especially doing the mindset, because the first thing that they do in the first two sections, uh, modules, is mindset. As soon as that's done, and then we start to move to culture and leading vertical leadership and all that, that's when you start to bring the rest of the teams for the momentum through the mindset, the vertical mindset uh, installer, okay, which is the stage three, we start to bring them through. And what you start to see now is the momentum of everyone speaking a common language. The most important thing that I've seen for culture development and culture transformation is we create a common language that is synonymous with vertical, that is synonymous with authenticity, that is synonymous with everyone clear on what their life purpose is, And then having a unifying purpose that brings all of us together as a team and as an organization for a greater cause. When that happens, the rest of the things are techniques and and, and skills and, and competencies. For me, those are easy. It's having that right collective mindset that, that helps the organization shift and accelerate everything. Um, I find that skills are the easiest for, for us as human beings, especially if we're a little bit educated. Skills are the easiest things for us to learn. Mindset is the most challenging things to shift. And that's why I always focus on that first. And I start with individual purpose. I'm not interested in the company as much as I'm interested in the human being. When the human being finds out who they are and how they want to live, 
And then they bring that with them to work within the work context of what unifies us in terms of our products, our customers, our communities. It changes everything. But now the energy and the motivation and the inspiration comes from the human being, not from some manager having to say, be motivated, be engaged, be happy. That's nonsense. It doesn't work. Hmm. So I'm hearing two kind of core things come out of this, and I'm loving this because the first one really aligns with what we talk about at human leadership as well, and that is that we have to start with ourselves. One of the core one of the core pieces of our framework at Human Leaders is you have to self lead first before you can lead others. Does it sound like that's exactly the way you're trying to imbue this as well? You've got to be the change before you can lead the change. Absolutely. So in the in the two day mindset program that I run, day number one mm-hmm. is know yourself. Day number two is lead yourself. That's exactly how it's perfect. I love this. And the second thing that I'm hearing is, and something that I think we struggle with as leaders in organizations is that, and I've been there, so I hear this and I understand what this is like. We think that setting purpose and vision is all about getting conformity to our idea of what purpose and vision should look like. But what I'm hearing from you is that individuals need to tune into what's important to them, their purpose and their vision, right? And then we need to create the space for that to become part of our bigger vision. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, and. Yes, and. Number one, number one, (laughs) number one, help every single individual Find out. Yes. You don't tell them. They find out. You. There's a process. There's a. You know. Uh, it's. It's basically an invitation and a process to help them find out for themselves at a very, very deep level, emotional level, and then intellectual level. Emotional first and intellectual second. What. What they will jump out of bed for seven days a week. Okay. Very simply. Mm-hmm. That's it. You help them with that. Then what you do is you give them the tools and resources to be able to do that. And then when they come to work, you support them to live their purpose every single day. Okay? Everyone clear so far? And then you create something that glues how I come to work to live my purpose with what I'm coming to help co-create from a business perspective for the community, products, uh, services, whatever it is. But first and foremost, create a whole structure that supports each and every single team member to live their purpose every single day when they come to work. Number one. Then, what is the team purpose? What is the company's purpose? What is the company's vision? What are the plans? What's the strategy? But first and foremost, people come to work to live their purpose. It's not for the company. Mm. It's for their purpose. Changes the game. Yes, it does. It completely does. It's so powerful because we're not pushing people anymore. We're pulling them. We're becoming a magnet for them to actually reveal themselves and have the the space and the opportunity to do what they feel called to do. We're giving them that space. Correct. And so if you ask one of those team members, so why do you come to work for company ABC and not XYZ or XYZ? How come? The response that you'll get from them is because when I work at ABC, they help me live my purpose every single day. And that's why I work here and not there. It's not about the pay. It's not about all the other things that are important. But the main reason is because this is where they support me to live my purpose every single day, more than any other place that I've ever been to. 
And that, that imagine the alignment, the engagement, and the glue that that creates of why I want to come to ABC to co-create with you, my team members, more than any other place. I, you know, even just the language evokes a more visceral feeling in me than thinking of going to my job. You know, when you talk about aligning with purpose and showing up with purpose and intention every day, we feel that, you know, in our bones more than we think, oh gosh, I've got to go to work again today. And, you know, with that, I'd love to know, Eitan, because I know you've worked with a lot of companies around the world using the co-creation activator model. I'd love to hear if you have any real-world examples of what this looks like in action and, you know, maybe what some of the outcomes were for those particular organizations or how they overcame challenges by switching from a very finite mindset, if you will, to more of this co-creation model. Absolutely. So I won't mention companies, but I'll I'll tell you, I'll I'll have Mm -hmm. a a team that I was working with or a company that I was working with in my mind as I go through this. So, sure. so the first thing that I did was to find out, okay, so how are you organized here? Okay, what is the structure and how are you organized to work together? Um, and I immediately started to see flaws. And I'm talking about any of those companies that you mentioned. Okay, as great as they are, they may be the number ones in the industry. It's all relative to other companies in the industry. When I look at organizations, I look at their potential. I don't look at how well they've done. I look at the potential that they've got. And I can tell you, all the companies that I've ever worked with are far away from their potential, no matter how great we think that they actually are, when you start to go beyond the surface. So the first thing that I noticed is that in terms of alignment of the leaders around why we are actually coming here, what we are actually here to achieve, the purpose and the vision, lots of different interpretations. And then as you go down down the line, it gets more and more distorted you know, so by the time that you go to whatever, the lowest levels, and you ask them, so why are you here? Well, it is just a job. You know, I come here from whatever, 84 or 85 or whatever it is to do my job, get paid every two weeks, and that's it. I mean, where's the energy here? Where's the life here? There isn't. You see, and that's why it's so easy to leave this company and go to another company because they're paying me, you know, 10% more, whatever it is, because there's no difference. So the first part that I work with and worked with with this organization is on what I call the co-creation mission. Two parts to it. Number one, make sure that all the leaders are 100% aligned on what I call the master plan. There's a master plan and the leaders create it and co-create it. There's a master plan on what we are here to achieve, how we're going to do it as a leadership team. And then we start with what I call tier excellence plans. And then we go and cascade that master plan to every single member of the organization, even if there are 20,000 or 100,000 people in the organization, to that extent, where every single member of the team has a piece of that master plan and they can see how that's related. Okay, so that's number one. Second stage is what I call the co-creation leader, which I briefly mentioned earlier on. It's how it's the mindset for the leaders. It's the culture, the ideal culture, current culture, the gap. And then how do we lead co-creation. So that's what I then did with them. Once we had the co-creation mission, we then went all the leaders. We talk about hundreds of leaders went through the co-creation leader. Okay. Then we brought in the rest of their team and that is for the vertical mindset installer. So the rest of the team went through a two-day program, the vertical mindset program, and that is all about cultivating the right mindset. Then everyone goes through the, the stage four And that is another two days 
of um, the co-creation um, culture activator. Basically, that is learning. This is skills now because they've got the vertical mindset more so. It's, and now it's about how do we practice co-creation? These are practice. And that's a practical thing. How do we come together? What are the rules of engagement for the meeting? What's the structure for the meeting? How do we know that we are co-creating? How do we know that we are not? Okay. And then stage five, which is a supermind accelerator, is when a team or a, has got a specific project or even a whole company and they need to turbo boost co-creation because of time constraints, uh, because of the innovation, they really want to think big. That's when we go through stage five. So this is what I've gone through with different clients of mine. And the results have been amazing because that in itself has shifted and transformed their culture. It created a different language. People are coming together in different ways. Um, I even teach them how to, how to do a special type of meditation just before the co-creation meetings. They start every meeting this way. Um, it's, 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 it's very inspiring for me to see what organizations have been doing with it and what have done with it and, and the success that they're achieving. So for me, that's a great, the greatest reward is when my clients are successful. So that's. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, what was interesting for me listening to you speak about that and the mistakes that I've made in leadership and the mistakes that I see other companies making around these sorts of issues as well, when they're trying to overcome, you know, a lot of them call things like this, you know, we want to create a high performing team. We want to create a team that's very innovative and, and these sorts of things. But what I so often see is organizations identifying a problem and then focusing on the skill set that needs to be up leveled to fix that problem. Right. And it sounds like they're missing steps one, two, and three, right? Is that kind of what you see happening? Yes, I think most organizations uh, focus on becoming, in, in most cultures that I've seen are problem-solving oriented cultures instead of vision-creating oriented cultures. It's a very huge distinction. When you are a problem-oriented, a problem-solving oriented culture, okay, the context for you coming to work is to solve problems. Now, solving problems has got nothing to do with creating a vision, moving things forward. It's mm -hmm. about solving problems. And I understand we need to solve problems. But problem solving needs to be in relation to we are all coming to work to co-create the vision. Things get in the way, which we call problems or obstacles. We're going to send a task team to go and deal with those. But the rest of us are going to focus on co-creating the vision. And there's a very different culture here, a very different focus of energy uh, between those two. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, even when we look at the term problem, to me, that signifies something that's already happened in the past. If we know about the problem, we already know that this is a thing. So it's more like uh, retrospectively fixing rather than looking to the future, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and spending most of your energy on problem solving. Now, what do you think happens to a culture like that when there are no problems? They start creating them because they see their yeah. value in solving problems. <laughs> so no problems. Let's create some. Okay, Alexa, I don't like your hair today. I don't like this today. I don't like the way that you treated me yesterday. And okay, now we've got problems. Let's deal with that. Let's bring extra consultants to deal with our problems and issues and dysfunctions. What a waste of life. Right. And to me, it kind of sounds like a dog chasing its tail in a way. We're only ever going in that circle of chasing the issue that's already there, or as you said, may or may not be there. And we're creating that problem because we're not being future focused. And again, 
there's obviously that underlying ego there, right? Yes. Of um, you know, what's in this for me? Right. So, and the worst, the worst part of it is everything is so slow and so mm. frustrating. And imagine that most people spend at least sixty percent of their waking hours at work. What a waste of life! So yeah. I don't subscribe to that clearly. Okay, not what I'm not what I'm putting my hand up for. <laughs> You know, I've been there and I've worked in organizations like that. I've also will raise my hand here and say that I've been a leader that has been trained and more comfortable with, I think, putting fires out and fixing problems than looking to the future, because there's a few things about the future that are scary. And that is uncertainty, uncomfortability, and frankly, the ego. Again, it comes back to this idea that, well, if I don't know what might happen, then Oh, how do I release the need to control what I don't yet know we might be capable of? So it's so uncomfortable at a human level. Of course, and that's the ego. It needs to control everything. It needs to be certain about everything. Welcome to life. Tell me one thing that you can control. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, I can f- control my emotions. Really? Come here. Let me press a few buttons. We'll see if you can control your emotions. Oh, I can control my body. Really? You're controlling your body going downhill? Forget about it. You know, you may, you may be slowing it down. You're not controlling it. So this whole delusion of I'm in control of my life is garbage. So instead of mm. trying to control anything, how about just being here, doing the best that you can with whatever resources are available to you, doing everything to live your purpose. And of course, there are going to be some setbacks and, you know, and, and uh, you know, disappointments. Welcome to life. That's it. Enjoy the ride as much as you yeah. can. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a tough mandate. I'm hearing you. And I'm also thinking to myself, yeah, that is difficult. <laughs> um, but I just want to recap here, here for us, Eitan. And so what I'm hearing is firstly, this really does start with the self-leadership component. This really, as leaders, if we want to talk big words like co-creation, which you know breeds things like innovation and change, we really have to dial it back down, peel back the onion and say, what do I need to do to become the person that actually can lead in that way? And then what I'm hearing from that, it's not until we do that work that we can start to imbue that in our team and look at that vertical mindset as a team and then we focus on the skills. So this is really overhauling the process that so many of us are used to. Diagnose the problem, look at the skills required, upskill, fix problem. We're looking at who do I need to become? How do I then imbue that into my team? Then how do we upskill to move forward in a way to essentially address a future that we don't have all the answers for Correct. yet? So let me, if I can share, I think it may be helpful, the definition of leadership that I use. Okay, And every word that I use sure. is very carefully chosen. Leadership Mm -hmm. is the capacity to influence and inspire others to co-create excellence consistently. So the capacity of the leader to be able to deal with stuff, the more vertical we are, the more we can deal with stuff, setbacks, challenges, issues, that's a capacity. To influence and inspire is the leadership skills, how to influence people to move from A to B. Mm. To inspire them is for them to connect with their own purpose, their own what's most important to them. To co-create excellence consistently, not the flavor of the month, but consistently. And for me, that is a definition that I use in all the leadership programs that I run. I almost need to just let that land for a minute and digest it before I can make comment on it. So, oh, wow, there's so many things that I think we can keep unpacking there, but... 
the capacity, again, it comes back to this idea that we have to be this person. We actually have to embody this person before we have the capacity to to inspire and influence others to be the same. And coming to the last part of that definition you've used to create to co-create consistently so co-creation is not a goal it's not a one-off we don't co-create to finish a project co-creation occurs consistently and this is what keeps the evolution of business alive am i right absolutely so so if you're getting inspired i'm getting inspired now as well so let's go for that the co-creation okay the actual co-creation is a collective Collective being. Okay. Mm. So the co-creation is not an outcome. It's just a way of collectively being together. And excellence is really the outcome. See, it's the byproduct. And that's all it is really. So, so imagine that we have created a culture that we are coming together to co-create. And all we are doing every day is co-creating. That's it. That's, that's our mode of being. Together, we co-create. What are we co-creating? A better future. Where, where do we create, create it for, uh, co-create it from? Always the present moment. What happens to the past then? Well, we learn from it. We go to the past from time to time to learn from all our experiences, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. Learn from other people. We've got the benefit of the internet, of documentaries. We can learn so much from everyone, but we are no longer attached to the past. It's not real anymore. It's just memory. A co-creation can only happen in the present moment. And when we are co-creating now, it informs the next moment. You see, which from this moment we call the future, but when we step into it, it's another moment. It's another moment. And that's, we, le- we learn to be in that cycle, okay, of, of being, creating, being, creating, being. What I mean by being is being one with, one with myself and then creating, going out there, engaged, inspired, focused, driven with others. And, and that, that it's, like a, it's like a dance. It's, it's magnificent. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, and it's not one or the other. It's both. It's being and creating and being and creating all coming from free will. Nothing forced. I almost get shivers thinking about this because as a leader, for me, this feels so almost nurturing because I know that I'm not trying to push or do this on my own when I can release the ego and the need to be in front of and be part of something else, it feels like it also diminishes the expectation on me to be the knower, the doer, the person with the answers, the person with the plan, which so we get so stuck in that as a leader to being part of this mobilized, as you kind of um, explain it, this mobilized movement towards the future. And it, it, it gives me shivers because I know what it's like to be a leader and to feel alone, to feel isolated, to feel like there's me and there's the team. And, you know, we try and create teamwork and all of these um, beautiful words, but this gives us the space to energetically fall in line with everyone else and move as a collective, Absolutely. which I think is just, you feel the power from that statement. The co-creation vertical leader invites the team to come on the journey with him and they mm. figure it out together. No one knows more than another. By the way, I may know more than you. I may have more experience, but that doesn't come into the co-creation. You see, I just bring it in, but it's not as a, okay, because we are unified. That's a supermind. You see, that's the beauty of the supermind. Everyone brings everything, but there's no you, me, hierarchy, title, doesn't doesn't feature. That's why that real co-creation vertical leader, it's like, come, let's go on this ride together. 
Let's go and play together. Let's go and co-create together and figure it out because we're going to screw things up. As we go along, we're going to screw a lot of things up and we're going to learn from it. And welcome to life. And that's it. Mm. It's by invitation only. <laughs> so, so powerful. Now, I want to wrap this up for us, Eitan. And before I leave our audience here, I just want to know, what's the one thing, what's the, if this, if all of these concepts are so new to you in leadership, or perhaps you're looking at becoming a leader in the future, what's just the one nugget of advice, the one place where we can start to start embodying this leader that's capable of co-creation and excellence and all of these incredible things you talk about? So there's so many things, but I'll, I'll tell you the one thing, if I could advise anyone, Start the quest for self-realization. And self-realization is not self-development. Self-realization is get connected to who you really are. And that will then help lead the way and open the pathway for you then accessing the right resources and the right skills and the right tools, how to connect with people but when you can get closer and closer to the core essence of who you are as a human being, beyond form, beyond body, beyond feelings, beyond thoughts, I mean, we have all these things, but without the identification, that liberates you to start seeing life with more clarity, to connecting with more clarity, to be inspired. Um, that, that is my biggest advice. The rest of the stuff is, is easy stuff. It's in books, it's in workshops. You don't need me for that. I don't think I can add any value to that beyond many other far greater minds than me that have come up with, you know, how to and all that. Uh, so that would be my, my, my strongest suggestion. Well, I, after this session, will need to take a minute to pause and let this land and think about it a little more because we do so naturally think that to develop oneself again it might be an interchangeable thing that we quite often confuse with self-realization and it's not this isn't about more training this isn't about more knowledge this is about the journey inward to understand who you are at the core of your being and bringing that forth isn't it wonderful absolutely you know these are these are a saying that i once read many years ago that really stuck with me if you don't go within you go without and basically that's my suggestion okay go inside Okay, stop believing that everything's on the outside. You have to fix it on that. Go inside and things will get clearer. And that will make life much easier to lead others with confidence um, will come from you, from from who you are, not from some new management technique that you learned in some workshop that everyone can see. Incredible. Incredible. Eitan, thank you so much for joining us at Human Leaders today to impart your incredible knowledge, your experiences, um, giving us this new way of looking at ourselves as leaders, the role we play as leaders and how we can start to create organizations that truly are able to cultivate big words like co-creation. So thank you so much for joining us here today. We really, really appreciate this session. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. And it was lovely, lovely to connect. We hope you enjoyed this live session as much as we did. Big conversations around what it means to be a human and a leader. It's what we're all about. Our Human Leaders community hosts live leadership circles and conversations every month with an expert joining us for a learning session just like this one to help us grow and evolve our leadership. Join us at 
wearehumanleaders.com and be a part of the conversation. See you next time.